Good morning. Great to see you. It's good to be together, isn't it? Um, exciting. I think it's exciting. We're in a new phase of Citygate Church. The first of our two meetings together. Who'd have thought it? I mean, who'd have thought that when we moved into this building, if you were there all those years ago, this massive auditorium where we were like this, who'd have thought that we would have had to go to two meetings in here? It's amazing, isn't it, what God has done with us. And um, uh, yeah, I'm amazed at his grace and his blessings upon us. I'm amazed that often that you guys are with us. I shouldn't be, but um, I am. And, uh, but but this, is, this, is a, this is a historical moment in the life of Citygate Church. It really is. And it's a beautiful thing that we're doing. But you might be thinking, as we have thought, got to be honest, why are we doing this? <laughs> because it's not been easy. Resourcing double meetings, um, you know, kind of people serving double time. Our band here at like... Seven o'clock this morning, not going home till I don't know when, maybe two-ish, I don't know what it is, half one. Um, squeak, perhaps having to like be really conservative that we finish on time in our first meeting. All of these things. Let's be honest, we're not doing this because it's the easy call. And as I look around last week, I was thinking, wouldn't it be great to just stay with a full room? With an amazing kind of pumping atmosphere that God's given us here but that's not who we are. We're not here to keep what God has given us and maintain the place of blessing that we found. We're here to press in to the next phase. We're here to make room for the harvest. I want you to look around at these chairs, these empty chairs, because in the last kind of few weeks, particularly pre-summer, there weren't many empty chairs. There weren't many spaces for other people to come in and to hear and see something of who we are, but more importantly, who Jesus is and what he can do with our life. You see, there's nothing better than doing this to spend our resources on, to spend our lives on, to serve our hearts out for this amazing God of glory who has done everything for us. Because it's not about us. It's about him. It's about his mission. And it's about his glory. Can I get an amen for that? And it's about those that don't yet know him. I'm going to be looking at a story of Moses today. Um, We're not going to read passages because it's just way too big. But I'm going to be pulling stuff out. We're going to get a glimpse through Moses of what God wants to do with us. You see, the Israelites were in slavery. They were God's people, the people that he had in mind. And they were in the hands of the Egyptians, the dominant world power of the day. And they were being oppressed and ill-treated and worked ruthlessly by the Egyptian slave slave traders. They were in physical and mental slavery. (laughs) And the cry of the Israelites had come to God's attention, and he hears the cry of people. He hears it dearly, and he hears it in his heart. 
And then at that moment, as he heard that cry, he promises, he resolves in his heart that he's going to deliver that people into a new land. He's going to deliver them from freedom. He's going to bring them out of their slavery. He's going to break their chains. And he's going to bring them into a, a new land flowing with milk and with honey. I want to tell you God's promise still stands. He still wants to have a people. <laughs> and when you're working on a promise, you cannot but prosper. When you're working in within the promises of God who says, I want a people. I want to be their God and I want them to be mine and I want them to know me. God's heart and desire is that everyone would come to a knowledge of him and a salvation within him. He said it to Paul in a vision. He said, do not be afraid. Keep on speaking because there was a lot of tension and potential riots going on in that place. Do not be silent, he says, for I am with you. And no one is going to attack you and harm you. Why? Because I have many people in this city. Friends, God has many people in BCP that he wants to call out of slavery and into a freedom in Christ so that they may come to know him. That is why we're here, to see lives transformed every day, right? Across the bay, okay? Oh, it's a motorbike. <laughs> Slavery still exists. It exists in a physical sense because this world is broken. We're going to hear about A21 next week. Come and hear all about it. An organization helping get people out of slavery. But where are people? God's people are a people who can help other people get out of slavery. A, a mental and distorted sin slavery that they are just trapped under. The enemy is out there and he wants to keep their eyes blinded to the truth so that they might not see who he is. He wants them to go and stay in death. They're, they're slaves to sin, they're slaves to death and that is how they will end. Unless they hear about the good news of the gospel to be brought into his glorious light and to be set free from the chains that would bind them. Of course, Jesus' promise is not the problem. <laughs> God's promise that he wants a people is not the problem. But the problem might be with us. You see, God has always wanted to use his people to bring his other people out of slavery. And that's where Moses comes in. Moses, if I could sum up his life, was born into obscurity. He was brought into prosperity. And then through adversity, he was tasked for eternity. That was good, wasn't it? Did you like that? It took me all week to get to that line. So I'm going to say it again. No, I'm not. I'm joking. That sums up Maisie. Maisie? That's my daughter. It sums up Moses' life. <laughs> Have a drink, Russ. Have a drink. He was a Hebrew born into 
uh, God's chosen race, he, because of an edict to kill all the first, firstborns of that day, males, he was put into a river. You know, some of you know the story. Maybe you don't. I'd encourage you to go and read it in Exodus. He was adopted then as an Egyptian by Pharaoh's own daughter. It's an incredible story. What a story this is. And in that place, he was given all that he could ever have dreamed of. He was given education. He would have been given wealth. He would have worn jewelry that would make any rap artist sink under the weight of it. He was given rank. He was given power. And for 40 years, he thought he was a somebody. And in the eyes of the world, he would have been. In Egyptian eyes, he was a somebody. But this somebody had a broken heart and a broken soul and was out of relationship with the God of his forefathers. And of course, he tried to help his own people in his own strength. Here's a great point. We're never going to bring anyone out of slavery by ourselves. It's God who saves, but he uses us and he empowers us, not by our strength and might, but by his power does he use us to fulfill his purposes. He tried in his own strength and he killed an Egyptian man, hoping that his own people would see that he was for them and that he wanted to rescue them. But instead, they resented him. They shunned him. It got known by the authorities and Moses had to flee into the desert and he went to Midian and he was there for another 40-ish or so years. This somebody became a nobody. Until he encountered the presence of God through a burning bush. Exodus 3, verse 2. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. <laughs> this is Moses' encounter with God. Right? We talk about presence in this church, we talk about purpose and we talk about power. And it all starts with an encounter with God. I wonder when the last time you encountered God and sensed his presence. I mean, we, we're here this morning. I sensed it this morning. What about you? Maybe you never had an encounter with God like this, like Moses. And in this moment, the bush is burning, but it's not being consumed. And Moses, who knows if God had tried to get his attention in the last 40 years, but he certainly got his attention now. And Moses was a clever man, I think. Well, at least he said, this bush isn't burning up. I'm gonna go over and see what happens. And from in the bush, God speaks to him. He calls him by name Moses. Moses. What a moment. You're on holy ground. Take off your sandals. Don't come any closer. This is the almighty God revealing himself to Moses. And in it he says, I am the God of your father. The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I am he. And in this moment, Moses starts to become a somebody in the eyes of God. He assures Moses that he has resolved in his heart that he's come down to rescue his people from the hand of the Egyptians. 
when we encounter God, he reveals his heart to us for his people. And I want to just pause for a moment and say, where do you encounter him? We encounter him like this in our meetings. That's partly why we're going to two, to make room. So people can come and encounter the presence of God. You see, we can have all the bright technology, all the lights. Tope said this at Commission Festival. He said, you can have everything. You can have the, the best chairs. You can have the best PA system. But if you haven't got the presence of God, you've got nothing. And we want to cultivate God's presence in this place, don't we? And it feels a bit different, doesn't it? A few empty chairs is not quite such that thing, but... It's the same God. And he wants to encounter us. And we need to make room for encounter in this place. Will you come with me to pray for an increased sense of God's presence in this place as we gather? Maybe he's going to use you in these days to help bring something of God's presence, whether it's a word or a prophecy, come on time, sit near the front, that will help in this season with these empty chairs, pray before you come, be ready to encounter him afresh, that he might reveal new things to you, and ultimately help us to engage again to refresh us, to re-envisage us, to hear new stories of lives being transformed so we can go back out there making room for his mission. Second thing, in this encounter, Moses experienced the transformation. He was transformed for God's purpose. And Moses at this moment knew what God wanted him to do. In verse 9 and 10, it says, The now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. It's God speaking. I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Wow. What an assignment. This was Moses getting his mission. He'd been in the desert for 40 years, (laughs) tending sheep. Was he going to make room for it? We'll see. Do you know what? God has given us a a mission too, right across this bay, Bournemouth, Christchurch, and Paul. It's being worked out in all different ways. Today, we are two sites and three meetings One day we might be three sites. We've got a heart for Paul. We believe God's given us a heart for Paul. Peter and Priscilla Roxburgh particularly have got a heart for Paul. They're working it out through a life group. The the kind of vision of that life group, if you like, is is to build a community that one day might be able to reach Paul in a a much greater way, to see people out of darkness into light, out of darkness, dominion and slavery into freedom in in that place as well. I want to just encourage you today as we kind of paint this vision again. If you live that way and as you encounter God and you feel him stirring you in your heart, maybe that 
is the place for you to put your time and to help see that come about to a great place. They would love to have you. And it would be part of what God's doing amongst us as we go in that way. Maybe you don't live there, but you're still getting a stirring. God speaks, doesn't he, when we encounter him. Different times, different places. Sometimes corporately, sometimes in our own personal lives. And the choice then is to obey or squash. I want to encourage you. Maybe this term, this September is your moment just to hop across out of one community, perhaps into another. Go and serve the, the group in Paul. And let's see what God would do there. I was... Uh, in communication with a, another life group, the, the, the mums group with Liz and Hannah over there. You've, they've been doing amazing and uh, they've just, just started, I think on Friday, running an alpha for, for five or so um, unsaved mums as that group has connected with them. Some in the group, some friendships that they've cultivated and now working through alpha together. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? In terms of our small groups, pockets of them everywhere, Making room for mission is something that they're doing and we want to help them do that as leaders more and more so we can fulfill this great vision that God has given us. It starts with leaders, Moses and others, men and women. God pulling people out of their, their kind of desert experiences wherever they are and saying, I've got a purpose for you. Won't you come with me? I believe more groups will be formed. Maybe God's got uh, something, has put something on your heart. It might not be setting a whole nation free from the Egyptians in a physical slavery, but it might be your road and the people there who don't know Jesus. It might be your area. Maybe there's other areas across BCP that you're passionate about. Maybe it's a particular people. Maybe it's a pastime. God's calling us in groups to stand for him and to reach this town for his glory. In many ways, it was all going well. He'd encountered God. He'd got his... Purpose, but then, then came the excuses from Moses. You might relate to some of these. I do. But God wants to release us in power, so there was no excuse from which God didn't have an answer for which Moses could accept and to take on the chin and to put this plan into practice. So, Finally, Moses was released in his power, and I believe God wants to release us more and more in his power as we make room uh, for mission. Let's see what Moses' response is. The first one he says in um, Exodus 3, 12, he says, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? You ever felt inadequate? This is a massive thing that God is asking of Moses. And it feels so big to us, doesn't it? Every day we go out into the world, wherever you are, working, wherever you're at the school gate, wherever you're at college, university, feels massive. 
to stand up in this culture and to share of who you are and what God's done in your life. Who am I? (laughs) Says Moses. But God speaks directly into his worth. Because he's already revealed that he is the I am. And when they ask you who has sent you and who you've encountered, you say it's the I am. Which means he's just everything. He's all-encompassing. He's all-sufficient. He's outside of time and inside of time. The I am who is the I am. And when we come to him, we begin to know who we are. And we've talked about identity already today, a chosen people set apart for God's purposes. And that classic song where you know I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am, right? We've sung that, haven't we? And it's true. And we have worth and value and identity and security and purpose and significance because God is in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? You have worth. You are valuable. God has done that in you. And then he says, I will be with you. It's the greatest promise ever for every individual, particularly if you're a believer and you want to make room for mission. He says that in the Great Commission. He says, all authority has been given unto me, therefore go make disciples. He promises to be right there with us. When we stand before people who are literally in slavery, in their chains of sin and death, God is standing right next to us. He's in us. He goes with us to the places that we go and he gives us his authority because he is the I am. And when we stand before a watching world, he stands. Big brother like behind us. All power, all consuming, all authority. Moses' first excuse, who am I to go and do this? Moses' second excuse, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't believe what I've seen and who I've met? God says, In Exodus 3.20, he says, I will stretch out my hand with wonders. There are signs and wonders at our disposal church because God is a God of signs and wonders. Our God is a miraculous God. He says to Moses, he says, what do you have in your hands? And Moses at that moment just happened to be holding a staff And I love that God uses what we've already got. He used Moses' staff, and through Moses' staff, multiple miracles were to come. At the throwing down of the staff, at the striking of the staff, as long as Moses had the staff. What have you got in your hands? God wants to use that. He wants to lift our vision and lift our faith towards miracles, towards signs, and towards wonders. This season, we're going to be preaching kingdom power up until Christmas. We're going to be preaching healing. We're going to be preaching prophecy. We're going to be preaching freedom. We're going to be preaching deliverance. Why? Because we want to be a people who go out with power, knowing that God is with them. 
that we too can move in the miraculous. Let that be the case. Another excuse, Moses says, but I don't know what to say. I am slow of speech. He says, I am stuttery with my words. I'm not eloquent. Do you ever feel like that? Every time I get up to preach, I feel like, what, what have I got to say to these people? And so I'm relying and trusting in God every time. Exodus 4, 10, God says, I will help you speak. There's no excuse for Moses. In Matthew 10, Jesus says, when they arrest you, talking to his disciples, uh, when you get towards the authorities and the rulers, because if you share the gospel like this, you're going to come into some confrontation. He says, don't worry about what you will say. He says, don't worry about how you will say it. I will give it to you. It's not you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Is that encouraging? When we don't know what to say, he knows exactly what to say and he nudges us by the power of the Spirit. We find ourselves at times, if we stick close with him, speaking the very words of the Father for that very situation. Moses is going, oh, he just doesn't want to do this, does he? He doesn't want to do it. He's got one more excuse And he says, is there someone else? Can you send someone else? (laughs) Have you ever said that? You ever thought, I don't need to be on mission, I'm sure someone else is doing it. I don't need to bring a prophetic contribution today because someone else will do it. And we know who that person might be, for example. I don't need to serve in this big old church. Loads of people are serving. Send someone else else and even in that God's brought worth he's brought wonders to Moses he's given him words and then he gives him a workmate and it's Aaron he gives him a partner in crime to go on mission with do you know what God does that all the time God partners us God puts us into community so we can be on mission together God's anger at this moment burned, it says, against Moses. I mean, I don't know what that looks like. But I can imagine God getting very frustrated sometimes with his people. When he says, look, I've given you all this. And what I really want is for you to come with me on mission. And it will be like the best thing ever for you as you learn to grow in me and see people set free all over this place. And many partnerships for the kingdom to be formed. And just recently, uh, someone called Harrison has just started attending the church maybe like uh, six months ago, perhaps, and um, just got chatting with him, and he's, he's a natural uh, evangelist, a little bit like me, and he loves going out on the streets, and he'd been in the States for a year, and he'd been doing some training, and as we got talking, I just, I thought, I'd love to come out with you, and uh, 
I've been sat at my desk often and thinking, oh, I used to go out and just, it was, you know, something I love to do. It's never easy. I, I, every moment of it is, is like a courage that needs to be done. And so I went there with him and he just gave me strength to go again. And I'm enjoying it. And we're having some great conversations. And then people are putting your lives at different times for us to go together for his kingdom. I don't think there's any more excuses. If we're going to contextualize this in our day, some of those might be yours. Who am I? What if they don't believe? What if I don't know what to say? Can you send someone else? I guess the only other one would be, I don't have time. I'm just too busy. Maybe that's our contextualization of this passage in our day. If we're too busy to make room for mission, it's like a lifeguard scrolling on his phone or her phone on the beach whilst people are in the sea drowning. And I believe God wants to just lift us up to a new and fresh vision, a new and fresh empowering as we begin to make room in our lives personally, corporately, and in our smaller groups to encounter him again, his presence, to understand again our purpose, yes, to worship him, but also to speak of him and to see people free from their slavery and to know his power in order to be able to do that which God gives us lavishly without limit. Do you know what? Ordinary people like you and me and Moses in the hands of an extraordinary God can do extraordinary feats for him. That's what we're about. Exodus 4:28. So Moses took his family And he started back to Egypt and he took the staff of God in his hands. Guess what? (laughs) I mean, if you read the rest of the story, it took a long time. Boy, it wasn't easy. Pharaoh, stubborn, massively stubborn. But God came through. Pharaoh's staff, what he had in his hands, brought about 10 plagues and Ten miracles that ultimately led to God's people being set free from Egypt into the land of milk and honey. The rest of it is history, and we stand on the good of it today. I wonder what our future looks like as we stand in this moment of history. Will we rise? Will we take on God's vision? Will we make room for mission in our lives and in this community? I love what it says, almost like the outcome in Hebrews 11, the kind of hall of faith. It says, and this is all about faith. I didn't say at the start, why are we doing this? Faith. We're trusting God for a mighty harvest. And every day we walk this out, we'll be trusting him Again, it says, Moses, by faith, 
chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Friends, let's lift our eyes. Let's allow God to lift our vision again for all that he has for us. The enemy is big and ugly, but he is no match for our God. I'll just finish with one quote, C.T. Studd. He says, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Some wish, he also says, to live within the sound of a church bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. Friends, will you help me, (laughs) us, run this rescue shop within a yard of hell that we might see thousands of people set free from their slavery in Jesus' name. Let's stand together. I'm going to ask the band to come. Just uh, be in God's presence, shall we, as we respond. Let's allow the Spirit of God just to encounter us, as it were. It's not always a burning bush moment. he does speak to us. Just allow faith to come. By faith. Citygate Church took hold of the promises of God. And they filled their building time after time after time and they released multiple leaders grace filled leaders into positions of responsibility all over the world they planted sites across their conurbation And they saw thousands of people in their day come to know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior because their eyes were set not on the riches of this world but on eternity. Oh God, (laughs) would you help us to be that people? going to just sing but I would love you to respond I felt like there might be people genuinely today who you might not be a Christian you might not know Jesus yet you feel bound up 
you recognize this slavery, you want to come out of it today. And I'd love to pray with you. We'd love to pray with you. If you want to, I'm going to ask a number of group of people to make their way forward. Second group, just Christians, you know Jesus, you're saved, but you recognize almost all of the excuses of Moses. <laughs> well, certainly one or two of them. I believe today, God wants to bring freedom to you in those areas. And I encourage you to respond, to step out. This is about stepping out. Can you imagine that first step that Moses took with his staff to go back to Egypt and take his family? It all starts with a small and single step. And so if those... That's of any of you in this category. If you just want to respond because you know God's been really working on you in a general way, then I want to encourage you, step out of your row. Push by people. Don't often do this, but during this song, come to the front, wait there in God's presence, and then some, we'll get some people to come and pray with you um, when this song is done. Is that all right? So start moving. Yeah, this is wonderful. Thank you, God. Thank you for what you're doing with us this morning.